Welcome back to the Tripped Up Podcast. It is me, Danny, your host for the week. And I say host because this episode, I'm going solo this time. And uh, Matt and I are doing something a little bit different. Uh, obviously, it's looking like we're going to get some basketball now. Like, I know last episode we kind of touched on it that it was going to, uh, you know, they were putting something in place possibly. It was either we're towards the end of this month or next month. I forget which one. But, um, you know, while I was at work today, I was kind of keeping tabs on the news, just like everybody else that's been fiending for some sports. And it's uh, it's looking like we should get more, I guess, concrete decisions, I guess, if that's what you want to call it, made on what we're going to be doing for the rest of the season. So uh, it, looks, it looks like Thursday. We should know. I know they're going to win uh, the 16 playoff teams that are in the playoffs as of right now. And then they're going to have like four playing uh, basketball games, I believe. But I'm going to hold off on that uh, just because I don't have all the facts yet. I mean, no one really knows anything ex- with the exception of, you know, obviously the league is clearly looking to go ahead and finish out this year and uh, crown a champion instead of just kind of scrapping this whole uh, league year and then starting fresh with the 20-2021 season. Um, but yeah, man, so since that's happening, what Matt and I decided to do, we usually do the episodes together, and obviously we're going to continue to do our episodes on Monday together, so we're going to release two episodes a week going forward, at least for the next six weeks. So what we're going to do is, we're going to come at you with our regular episode on Monday, and then on Thursdays we're going to go back and forth, Basically just doing a recap on each NBA division. Um, obviously, you know, for your, I don't want to say, I guess your avid NBA fan, it's been a while, obviously. So we're trying to, uh, we figured we just kind of do like a fresh recap on each division and kind of break down each team as far as where they stand, what they got going on in their team, whether they're a playoff team or not, we're going to cover them and get into uh you know, what the future might look like for if they're a non-playoff team and uh, stuff like that. So we figured, you know, why not just refresh the entire league as we get ready for basketball to come back over the next, seems like, six to eight weeks or so. With that being said, today, like I said, I'm riding solo. I'm going to be doing the Northwest Division out of the uh, Western Conference with the Timberwolves, the OKC Thunder, the Jazz, the Denver Nuggets, and the Trailblazers. So, like I said, I'm going to be breaking down each team. You know, this episode, I'm going to try to keep it around like 30 minutes or something like that. And, you know, I'm not going to harp on each team. Obviously, you guys know the big names and whatnot. But I figured, again, we just kind of go through a refresher of what each team has going on. You know, what they might be looking at in the playoffs. If they're not in the playoffs, what they might be doing this offseason as far as their salary cap and who might need to be resigned and stuff like that. And with all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and start this off with, let's start with, let's start with the Denver Nuggets. So the Nuggets, they've been one of the league's younger and consistent teams, like over the last couple of years with Mike Malone, really getting the most out of the Nuggets. I mean, I've been a really big Jokic guy, uh, but Jamal Murray, Jokic, and uh, Michael Porter Jr., Monte Morris, Will Barton, and Gary Harris, all those guys are under contract at least until the end of next season. And some beyond that. So, you know, they've got, I think, $43 million in cap space coming off the books this offseason with the uh, expiring contracts of uh, Paul Millsap and Mason Plumley. So they got some money to play with as well. I know they maxed out Jamal Murray and, and uh, the Joker. So those guys are going to be there for, you know, as long as they want to be there at this point. I think they both have four or five-year deals. So they're going to be tied to Denver for a very long time unless traded and. You know, for me, I love Jamal Murray. He does worry me a little bit. 
I mean, they're paying him a mint to be there, getting that max contract in. The dude, I mean, he plays very well in the playoffs, which is, you know, that's really where you earn your money at the end of the day. So you hope he can keep that up. But, um, you know, he's, he's kind of like a 25-5 and five guy, meaning, you know, 20 points, 5 assists, 5 rebound kind of guy. And uh, so the fact that he has the max, you expect more out of him at some point. But he is a, still a very young player, so he's got plenty of time to go ahead and uh, – and continue to mature, obviously, and work on his game and, and become that possible, you know, all-star kind of a point guard. But like I said, as of right now, you know, Murray and the Joker, both they're leading the way despite sitting third in the West at 43 and 22. They just seem like that team that does like a lot of things good, but nothing great. And, you know, they're, they're near the bottom of the league in terms of um, points per game as an offense, but they're near the top of the league as far as points per game allowed as a defense so it's uh you know and they're not like bottom tier defense or excuse me bottom tier offense nor are they like top tier defense they just again it just seems like they do a lot of things good but nothing really great and I think personally I think they're going to need to get another star in there I don't want to see them end up as being that team that's always been kind of good in the West, but not good enough. And they can always hover around being between that, like, two, three, four, and fifth seed in the West each year, but they always end up getting bounced. So, uh, like I said, to me, they, they don't have that score that I think they need that can hang 30 on a team in the playoffs when you need it. I think Michael Porter Jr. can be that guy eventually. He has a ton of potential, and I know he missed, I'm pretty sure he missed the complete first year uh, I don't think he came back towards the end of his rookie year and played any time at all but now he's been back and the dude he shoots a high percentage despite not shooting the ball a whole lot again he has a couple wings and some guards in front of him so you know he doesn't get a ton of playing time and then at the same time he's been coming back from the injury obviously so you don't want to run him in the ground and the Nuggets as a team in general they run a very deep bench so there's really no need for him to come in and play you know 30 plus minutes a night so again though I think that might have to change in order for them to take that next step they might have to bring in unless Michael Porter Jr. can become that guy bring in a wing that can actually play 30 plus minutes a night and give you 25 points and it's like obviously you know you don't just find those guys out of nowhere they might have to use some of those young pieces and acquire one but like I said just to wrap up my little quick hits on the Nuggets I just feel like they're a team that does a whole lot good, but nothing great. And if they don't make a move, I think they could be, unfortunately, in jeopardy or just being one of those teams that's really good, but not good enough. And like I said, over the next couple of years, you could see them anywhere between the two, three, four, and five seed in the West, just because they're that good throughout the regular season. But you'll see them crumble in the playoffs eventually. And hopefully that doesn't happen, but that's just kind of how I feel about the Nuggets right now, so... To keep this bad boy moving, we're going to move on to, let's go, let's go to the Utah Jazz. And it's, Rudy Gobert is tripping. Obviously, you guys know what I'm talking about with uh, his whole ordeal with the coronavirus, especially from the beginning of the virus. It's not even like, you know, what he did happen kind of in the middle of everything. But, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, he, uh, he had the coronavirus and, in a press conference or whatever, the dude was like joking around, touching, touching all these mics and just messing around and touching stuff in the locker room. And the dude was just being 
at the end of the day, the dude was just being childish about a situation we now know is a lot more serious than we knew before. Uh, again, this happened like really at the beginning of the coronavirus and the beginning of all these leagues, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NBA, or uh, MLB, excuse me, suspending all their seasons and the NHL suspending their seasons and everything just went on lockdown almost immediately. And unfortunately for Rudy Gobert, all that stuff happened right around the time he was really fucking around and, <laughs> and uh, got sick and got Donovan Mitchell sick apparently. And some kid got sick that, you know, we don't know if it was, you know, Gobert's fault, but some kid he had interactions with got sick and it was just a mess. But from a basketball standpoint, you know, right now they sit fourth in the West, I believe, at 41 and 23. And looking ahead of them, you know, they got, you know, Donovan Mitchell at like 24 points a game, uh, Bogdanovich at about 20 points a game, and they're both leading the way for them offensively. And, of course, you got Rudy Gobert just holding down the middle, you know, giving you his 15 and 15, it seems like, a night with a couple blocks. And the dude is just a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. And outside of their big three in uh, in Mitchell Bogdanovich and, and uh, Gobert, they got some problems, man. Like, they got Mike Connolly has been a huge problem. And the dude has really been showing his age this year, posting some of the worst numbers he's had in his career, really almost in a decade. And, you know, he's on the tail end of his big contract that he got from the Grizzlies, which obviously carried over to the Jazz once they made that trade. And I really thought that, that he was the perfect point guard to pair with Donovan Mitchell on that team. Just because, I mean, he just fit kind of like the Nuggets, he fit the right role. Like, being the Jazz are been that team where they don't do, like, anything great. They're not going to, like, every night they're not going to wow you on the offensive end, and every night they're not going to shut you down defensively. But they just do a lot of things good. And I was like, yeah, Mike Connolly is, like, the perfect guard to run that offense, having that, that gritty kind of defensive mindset. But he can also give you, at least when he was, you know, in his prime, He'll also give you, you know, 16, 20 points a night, something like that. I think right now he's maybe averaging 30. Uh, if my memory serves me correct, he either got benched or he was rumored to get benched at one point. And I think Joe Ingles was a starter. He also got benched at one point. And they've just been a mess outside those three guys holding it down for them. And I know, luckily for them, I don't know if that's just a team chemistry thing or if those guys, some of those guys are getting old, but... You know, and if they're going to have any kind of shot, at least in the short term going forward, of having really good success in the playoffs, they're going to need Mike Connolly of a couple years ago to show up because this Mike Connolly just isn't going to cut it for them right now once these playoffs start. And again, they are in the playoffs right now at the fourth seed. So um, as far as the future looks for them, they don't really have anyone of note becoming a free agency. No disrespect, but uh, <laughs> they don't really have anyone of note becoming a free agent this year. Uh, after this season, except Jordan Clarkson and Royce O'Neal, which, you know, no disrespect to those guys, but they're not really, God forbid they lose those guys, they can be replaced. They're not really tilting, you know, the needle either way for this team right now. So, but after that is where you know, they run into a little bit of trouble. You know, they got Donovan Mitchell needs to be signed at the end of next year. Connolly's money comes off the books, which is good, but at that point they're going to need a point guard. So it's like, you know, Mike Connolly's better than nothing, obviously. He's a very good player, I think, still. He's just showing his age. And uh, Bogdanovich will be a free agent as well. So, 
you know, I believe uh, Joe Ingles and the rest of those guys and some of their the uh, secondary players are still under contract at that point. But right now, I don't know. It's up in the air for them. They can go either way very quickly. I I'm sure they're going to re-sign Donovan Mitchell. I don't think Rudy Gobert is going to go anywhere. It seems like him and Donovan Mitchell, from what I've heard, have squashed their beef and you know they're good to go. They're I'm sure. Once the time comes, they're going to be focusing on basketball again and everything that happened, uh, you know, while this COVID mess was going on, you know, I, that all that seems to be squashed. So uh, that's kind of my outlook on the Jazz. So we're going to move forward from them as well and now get to a team I'm really excited to talk about. I think they're next on my, yeah, they're next on my list is the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Thunder have 15 first-round draft picks over the next six years. Let me say that one more time and let that sink in. They have 15 first-round draft picks over the next six drafts. That is insane. Like, obviously, they got a haul for Paul George. They traded a bunch of pieces, obviously, to uh, to get to where they are. With you know, They have some young talent on their team. And then they're going to have a lot of young talent for years to come with all those draft picks and whatnot. But many, a lot of people expected them to be re- rebuilding after they traded Westbrook and traded Paul George. Yet they're sitting right behind the Jazz at fifth in the West at forty and twenty-four. And there's one guy on their team that they just the league, in my opinion, in general, especially all the big sites out there like Sports Center and and you know. Bleacher Report and Barstool, they just give this dude no love. Like, SGA has just been holding it down, doing what he's got to do. I believe he's leading the team in points. And the guy is just, he's just been a monster. No one talks about him. And I, in my opinion, he he should be in conversation for most improved player, like right along with guys like Luka and Bam Adebayo, Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram. But you rarely hear this kid's name come up. And it's like he's been learning behind Chris Paul, playing the shooting guard role. I don't know. I'll get to Chris Paul in a minute. I don't know if SGA will slide over to point guard. But the dude has just been a monster, man. He's been averaging about 19, 20 points, I believe. Averaging 5 and 4. But he, it's he's taken a huge step up from what he was doing uh, playing for the Clippers. And obviously he came over as a part of that uh, Paul George trade. And he's just been, I'm not saying he's doing it by himself, obviously. He's got Chris Paul there. He's got Danilo, who also came over as a part of that uh, Paul George trade. And I think Danilo's over there averaging 20 points a game, just doing what he's been known for throughout his career, which is just putting the ball in the bucket, man. That's all that dude does. So it's a, it's crazy to think you can be that big. But at the end of the day, you're not, you're not assisting or rebounding too much. You're just dropping buckets, and that's what Danilo does. But... Getting back to uh, Chris Paul real quick, like Chris Paul's been holding it down too. Chris Paul's been averaging like seventeen and seven. He's just been leading that team and and been incredibly efficient. Probably one of the most efficient players on that team if you look at the numbers. And it seems like I mean, there's been so many rumors that this off season he will be traded. I mean, if you look at his contract, I believe after this year he has two years left on that deal, and he's getting just buku money on that deal. He's getting like 41 million next year and I believe 44, 45 million the year after that. And for whatever reason, I'll let Matt touch on this because Matt will be going over the Atlantic division next week. So I don't want to talk about the Knicks too much, but apparently the Knicks are interested in trading for Chris Paul uh during the off season. So it's looking like 
if that does happen, which it would probably make sense for the Thunder. Like, there's no need to keep Chris Paul around, making that kind of money, let him go. Either A, try to win somewhere else if he could, uh, not that the Thunder are losers or anything by any by any means They're in the playoffs this year, but, you know, if being in Oklahoma is not what Chris Paul wants, I'm sure they'll definitely flirt with the idea of going ahead and moving him to get either more young assets uh, via draft picks or just young players in general if you can get that back from the Knicks, so... And it's the Knicks, so they'll probably, they'll get R.J. Barrett, four future firsts, four future second round picks, and like stake in like the garden or something like that, like knowing the Knicks. But I don't know, man. So that's where the Thunder are sitting at. Like I said, they have all those draft picks. They've got, despite having, if they keep Chris Paul, despite his $41 million on the books next year and Adam's $27 million on the books, they don't have any money issues and they probably won't be signing any big names. They're going to continue to let these draft picks come in and uh, have them play those minutes off the bench or start if they can. And like I said, with SGA, I know SGA is playing shooting guard right now, um, but I'm sure I have to imagine he'll probably slide over to point guard if Chris Paul's moved during the offseason. And then uh, they'll either, if they don't do that, I'm sure they'll bring in another kind of low-key veteran that can run that offense a little bit and continue to let SGA play shooting guard. Um, or they'll let him take the reins at point. And I would love to see them let this dude just take over and play point guard. But um, who knows, man. That's that's going to be uh, that's gonna be interesting. And I think they're going to have, even though they have a ton of options as far as rebuilding goes, I'm sure they're going to keep most of those picks. It would be crazy, I think, to keep all of them. I mean, 16 first-round picks over six years, or 15 first-round picks, excuse me, over six years, It's a, that's a lot of picks. So I got to imagine they'll move a couple of them just to get a veteran player, a solid vet here and there. But I think smart thing to do is get as many young players as you can and hope you can hit on a star. At the end of the day, no disrespect to the Thunder, but it's not like a booming place. It's not a really big market. The fans there are just, they love the team. They're loyal as hell. But at the end of the day, man, I'm sure if you would poll some of these players, Oklahoma isn't exactly the place they want to be. So they kind of remind me of Atlanta in a way where you just got to draft a young star because there's not going to be too many stars wanting to just sign and play there outright. You've got to go find a Trey Young that you'll have under control for at least eight to nine years before he can decide to leave the city. So if the Thunder can hit on a couple of those kind of guys over the next years, they'll be... They'll be set. But I feel like I've been talking about the Thunder for a while. They're just such an exciting team to me because they have so many assets. I'm a huge SGA guy, even though I'm not a Thunder fan. But like I said, the dude is just phenomenal. I think he's a great player. He's very young, obviously. And like I said, I, I just wish, the, I hope the guy gets more respect. He definitely deserves it. But uh, that's all I got for the Thunder, man. So like I said, I'm going to keep this moving. It's looking like I'm actually running on track to have this right around 30 minutes. So we'll see as I wrap it up with the uh, Portland Trailblazers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. But first, I'll get in with the Blazers, man. So I personally think the Blazers could be in trouble here, man. Like, I love Dame and everything just as much as anyone else. My opinion, the most clutch player in the NBA right now. He's under contract for at least the next five years. I believe he just re-upped. And C.J. McCollum re-upped last year, so I, after this season, he should be under contract for the next four years. And I don't see either of those guys going anywhere. I could see Damian Lillard being a lifer, meaning he's going to be with Portland for life. 
He's going to finish his career in Portland. He's never going to put another jersey on that's not a Portland Trailblazers jersey. But right now, both of those guys are under contract, great. But they don't have much of anything after that. And it's like, I don't know. I Forgive me for not looking up their uh, their draft picks right now. I know they're 29 and 37 out in the West. And they, they've tried. They've tried. They've, they have Whiteside right now who's under contract for this just this year. And then that money comes off the books. But they've struggled uh, at shooting at uh, excuse me at small forward. They've struggled. Unfortunately, the big dog Nurkic is who knows what he's going to be. I mean, one thing that's this uh, whole shutdown has been good for is I know Nurk is working his way back, and for guys like him and Ben Simmons who had some injuries with Nurkic obviously being a lot more serious. I believe he fractured his femur or something like that, or broke it. He's been working his way back, and who knows if if they if they can squeak into the playoffs this year. I uh, have to imagine Nurkic might actually play, but th- this I just see a team who I don't see them catching, especially next year, anyone ahead of them. I don't I don't see them being a better team than Memphis next year. I don't see them being a better team than Dallas or Houston or OKC or any of the top four teams. And then I look at who's behind them and I'm like, New Orleans is coming. Like and I don't see I don't know if Portland will be able to hold them off. And then you got Sacramento and say what you want about Sacramento, but they got a lot of young pieces as well. And I think it's only a matter of time before that kind of team is is vying for like that sixth, seventh, eighth spot in the West as well. And just by default, Portland is just kind of left off the map, unfortunately. And you got, uh, obviously, Golden State is a huge asterisk on them this year. Like, they're going to obviously be in the mix for the playoff next year. You got Minnesota, which I'm getting into them next. They have D'Lo now paired with Cat. So, I mean, we're going to see what they're going to be. But unless unless Portland makes a move, like, I just, that's all I have to really say about Portland right now. It's like, I think they're really honestly going to be in trouble depending on what kind of moves they make. Uh, Dame's salary, you know, not, not that I would ever hold this against Dame. Go get your money. But him and CJ McCollum, if I believe this is correct, they're both accounting for $60 million in cap space next year. And then the following year, $74 million in cap space. That's just between the two of them. So this team is a team that doesn't have a lot of money to work with. And they, they won't have a lot of money to work with in the future. Um, not without being able to take care of their own guys first. So it's, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Dame, again, he's going to keep putting the team on his back. He's going to keep them flirting with a playoff berth every year. But again, at some point, those younger guys are going to show up, man. And I think they're going to be meeting the Blazers. They're going to be on the outside looking in, wondering what the hell happened, even though they got arguably the most, the best backcourt as far as chemistry goes. Like I think Dame and and CJ McCollum play better together than any backcourt in the league. That doesn't mean much though, if the rest of the team isn't showing up or the rest of the team is injured. And I really, I don't see any way of them escaping that right now because they they can, it seems like they can never stay healthy. I mean, they were doing everything under the sun to find a big man this year. And they really had to settle more than anything for Hassan Whiteside. And there was really no, they had the cap space to kind of match with Myers Leonard's contract when they made that trade. And they desperately needed a center with Nurkic being out. So there was really no risk there, but obviously at the end of the day, Hassan Whiteside is not your long-term answer at center. So 
I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they got to do. They're going to have to be real tricky and real diligent as far as the contracts that they dole out. And they're going to have to sign some guys that just fit the role that they need them to play on that team perfectly. If not, they can, they can find themselves on a world of hurt very quickly, in my opinion. So we'll see. I mean, lastly, I'm like I said, I'm, the last team I want to touch on is the Timberwolves. So I'm going to let the, the Trailblazers go for now. And, you know, they're definitely, I'm, I'm looking forward to asking Matt how he feels about the Trailblazers himself. So I know Matt's listening to this right now, but for now, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the Timberwolves. And really all I got to say about the Timberwolves uh, I am so happy for D'Angelo Russell. Dude went through it in LA, went through it with the Nets. Kevin Durant's ego basically got him moved to Golden State, and now he gets paired out in Minnesota with the Timberwolves, gets paired with Carl Anthony Towns, someone he's real tight with. And they got their two building blocks now, man. They're another team that they're very young. They got some money to spend. They got some draft picks, and it's, it's really going to be tough in my opinion to get someone to, again to go out to Minnesota to play obviously it's not really a great destination for these NBA guys if you're looking at playing in Minnesota or somewhere like Miami next year who Miami is definitely going to be looking to bring in another star I mean this is again for a whole nother episode but I've been hearing rumors that they're going to be making a run at Giannis at some point but I mean that's neither here nor there but uh at the end of the day places like Miami and LA and Philadelphia there are a lot better places as far as where I want to play as from a player standpoint than Minnesota. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of talent they can bring in or if they're going to have to go that OKC Thunder route and just draft very well and hope you can hit on a star. But they finally got their point guard that they can pair with Cat, and D'Lo can finally stay where he is, get the respect that he deserves, which in my opinion, he's a very underrated player and he's young as hell, obviously. So, him and Cat are going to be there for as long as they want to be there. Again, they're from, I believe they're on a contract, both of them. They're going to be there for at least the next five years. So it's going to be up to them. And it's going to be up to what kind of talent that team can bring in around both those guys. And there's no question to me how talented both of them are. And they both want to win. But it, kind of like the Trailblazers, you can have those two guys ball out and be have some of the best chemistry in the league all day, every day. But the West is very, not only are they very young, uh, but that te- the West, those teams are hungry, man. And, like, they're ready to eat. And I don't think the Timberwolves are there just yet. Like, they can't keep having these massive amount of losses that they've, uh, they've shown over the last couple of years. But adding D'Angelo Russell and being able to build around both him and Cat, I think is really, really, really going to tilt that needle in the other direction as far as the Timberwolves being on the up and up. And I don't, again, I don't think, depending on who they're able to add, I don't think they're going to be vying for like a fifth or sixth seed or anything like that. But next year, I can see them in a position, if they can get their chemistry right and add the right players to be pushing for like that seventh or eighth seed along with guys like, the Pelicans, and then, like, Memphis just holding down the spot. Memphis has that eight seed right now, but, you know, with John Morant and those boys out there, I don't see them making a huge jump up next year. I see them probably being around that same position, again, either on the outside looking in or flirting around that seventh or eighth seed. And there's just so many guys, I think, in the West, so many teams that are in that position where they're pretty good, but they're not great. And, unfortunately, over the next year or so, living 
you know, being that, that ninth or 10th team on the outside looking in or being that seventh or eighth seed is really where they're going to be living at. And I see the Wolves, again, being one of those teams that can be there. But unfortunately, more often than not, they're going to be on the outside looking in until they can get a good wing player, until they can get a good bench solidified. They have some really good young players. I like, um, I know Teague is not there, obviously, so there's no reason why D'Angelo Russell shouldn't be soaking up all the point guard minutes. So there shouldn't be any excuses as far as what minutes are going to be divvied up where from that point guard and center aspect at least. So they really got to get that two, three and four position locked down and we'll see what that is, but that's all we got, man. So like I said, Matt and I are going to be doing some episodes separately where we just come at you covering these divisions. We're going to try to keep them around 20, 30, maybe 40 minutes at the latest, depending on how much we have to say about each team. Uh, but we're going to try to keep them around that length. And uh, over the next six weeks, we're going to try to come at you again with our episode together on Mondays. And then on Thursdays, we're going to do these little quick hit episodes where we pretty much just cover uh, a division. Like I said, I believe Matt is going to be doing the Atlantic division next week with the uh, Jesus, uh, the Sixers, the Celtics, Nets, Toronto, and the Knicks, unfortunately. <laughs> But that's all I have for you guys in this episode. So, of course, as I say, every episode, I appreciate you guys listening in. Um, you can catch us on Instagram at the Trip Dub Pod. Uh, like I said, we're trying to get a little bit more active over there on Instagram for you guys. I appreciate you guys, though, tuning in and interacting and liking our posts and all that good stuff on there. It's been a lot of fun. As, you know, Matt and I are obviously kind of new to this, especially doing one together. I have my own, my own podcast that I do, Cheap Plug, the Illest Podcast so far. Check out the illestpodcastsofar.com, and uh, I'll actually be doing my episode for that after this one. But, uh, you know, we've been doing this together. I'm having a lot of fun. The dude is obviously one of my best friends, and uh, it's been a lot of fun doing this podcast with him when we're only like four or five episodes in. But uh, anyway, like I said, hit us up on Instagram, at the Tripped Up Podcast. Uh, if you want to email us, if you have something you guys want us to talk about, you can email us at tripdubpod at outlook.com. Obviously, we love to hear from you guys, love to have that interaction with you guys as much as possible. And that's it. So I'm going to go ahead and close this bad boy out. I'm going to let the beautiful music play. And next Monday, you'll have Matt and I doing our thing. And then that Thursday, he'll be covering the Atlantic Division. I am dying to hear what this dude has to say about the Knicks, but I won't even ask him about it until it comes out next week. So, again, I appreciate you guys listening, and we'll hit you up next time. Peace. <laughs>